Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding, Ken's Movie Reviews, coming to you in the time of sickness and self-isolation. Obviously, going to the theaters is going to be a little difficult during this period, so we will be doing some retro movie reviews of some films that maybe didn't uh, get touched on yet in some of our history of comic book stuff. So I am going to come to you today with a history a lesson in how to make a sequel to uh, to an, a comic book movie that a lot of people didn't realize was a comic book movie. We will be talking about Red 2 today. As always, we will begin with a non-spoilery section where I give you a general idea of whether you should have seen it in the theaters, uh, whether you should have waited for streaming, got it in it on Blu-ray, something like that, or just give it a buy altogether. And then we'll go into the spoiler-heavy section where I talk about the cast, the director, costuming and props, location, cinematography, plot, and writing, giving each of them a point total that can potentially add up to 100 points. Let's get into it. Now, this film came out uh, a bit of a while back. Like I said, this is a retro review. It's not, um, not the most current of films. It came out in 2013. But uh, it was a sequel to the fairly successful Red. Um, if you were a fan of comic book movies, maybe see this in the theater. Uh, if you were a fan of any of the actors involved, maybe see this in the theater. This is kind of one of those popcorn movies that, that you don't want to think too deeply about. That's kind of fun, um, but it's not something that I would necessarily say, hey, run out and see this film. It's worth a watch on streaming, worth a watch on some other services. If it's on TV, buy it on Blu-ray, maybe. I mean, for the completionist like myself who likes to buy every comic movie uh, on a physical media of some kind, yeah, sure. Uh, but for most people, seeing it on streaming will be more than sufficient. Uh, definitely see the first film first as uh, the plot of the second film is dependent upon the plot in the first film. But let's go into the spoiler-heavy section just a little bit. And before we do, don't forget that you can check us out on social media, at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter, at Pudding Guys on Instagram and Facebook, and at Pudding Guys on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you can support the Pudding Guys as we put out new material, find new people to talk to, find new stuff to talk into, and bring you as much fun as we can. Now let's get, uh, let's get to the, the, the grits here to get into the the nitty-gritty um we will start with the director i think on this particular film now the director on this is dean pariseau um i don't know if you're necessarily familiar with this gentleman but he has been directing for some time now uh since basically the mid 80s <coughs> pardon me um and has quite um quite a bit of a, a tv background but has done several uh, films as well, like one of my favorites, Galaxy Quest. He was at the helm for that one, um, and that was a lot of fun. He did Fun with Dick and Jane, which was a solid little movie. Um, so, I mean, he's he's got some he's got some real uh, stuff behind him. Uh, this is a different director than was there for the first film, um, but you know, all in all, it's uh, I think it was a solid choice to put this uh, this. Uh, specific individual in the helm because this is an action film that's supposed to have a very strong comedic um, um, feel to it. It's supposed to to kind of just be um, 
a fun little diversion. And uh, he seems to be able to do that very, very well. Um, so in terms of, it's always difficult when you're not the original director uh, of the film. Um, so, I mean, you're taking what was originally one other individual's uh, vision and trying to, uh, trying to forward it or change it or whatever. Um, I think he did this uh, admirably. Uh, he seems to have had a decent understanding of the source material. He seems to have had a decent um, interaction, at least professionally, with the actors and actresses and everybody that's involved. It seemed to be cohesive. Uh, none of the things that you can sometimes see pop up when there's not a real clear, um, strong director in charge. I mean, it seemed to flow pretty well. Um, I don't really have much else to say about him. And I have maybe, um, maybe if I knew his work better, I mean, other than fun with Dick and Jane and Galaxy Quest, uh, I'm not really familiar with most of the stuff that he's done. But, you know, solid. We'll give him a good 14 out of uh, 20 on that one. Now, the cast, this one's also a real easy one. Uh, it's pretty much a reprised set of people that were in the original film with uh, with very few exceptions. So you got Bruce Willis come back. You got John Malkovich came back. You got Mary Louise Parker came back. Helen Mirren came back. Uh, and then you added in a handful of other really uh, interesting and fun choices. I mean, you got Anthony Hopkins in it. Uh, and I'm, I know I'm going to just massacre this, and I apologize, but... Byung-Hun Lee, I believe, is the uh, pronunciation. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones comes in. Neil McDonough. McDonough? You know, I think I may have done a better job with the other gentleman's name. And I feel terrible about this because I really like Neil a lot. He's one of my favorites. So you would think I would be able to pronounce his name, but I think it's Neil McDonough. Um, he's, he's, he's so good in everything. He's just fantastic. Um so I mean they've got a really they got a really solid cast. It's, it's another one of those things where it's just kind of an all-star affair. Um that being said, <laughs> this like I said it's not this is not a deep film. This is not Shakespeare. We're not watching Hamlet. We're not um we're not watching a deep kind of suspense thriller. This is something light and it feels at least in in the way that it that it was presented that maybe the individuals involved were not real invested in the film. Now this could just be my interpretation for the most part. It, I don't want to say phoned in because that that's taking it farther than I really intend, but it didn't seem like they were looking to just knock it out of the park. They, they were doing a passable job, maybe didn't have the, the, the connection to the source material or the care for it, or maybe it was just one of those things where it seemed like it was kind of a, a simple thing, but I didn't, I didn't see a lot of passion come through. Um, I mean, Bruce Willis is generally Bruce Willis in any film that you're going to see him in for the most part, but even Bruce Willis was less Bruce Willis-y. I mean, he was kind of muted. Um, uh, John Malkovich didn't have a huge front and center role. Uh, he kind of blended into the background. Helen Mirren was pretty pretty visible in the few scenes that she was in, and she she came through pretty strong. Um, Anthony Hopkins was okay. Um, 
Lee was fantastic. He was one of the exceptions. I think he came through very well. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones did a pretty decent job. Neil, like I said, is awesome and everything. He he tends to bring the same kind of, at least from what I've seen, the same level of um, intensity to pretty much any any part that he does. And a lot like uh, Bruce Willis, he doesn't have a lot of variation in his presentation. You got him in that part for a reason because he has a very specific uh, visual aesthetic and he has a very specific delivery that he does on his roles. And he was kind of, again, he was kind of him in the film, but he was him all the way, 100%. I, I don't think I've ever seen him fluctuate, and that's good because I, I like him <laughs> in every film. Um, I could see him in about anything. Um, so, I mean, solid cast. I mean, everything that you could have asked for, really, not only in the, the number of names involved, but they did as good as they needed to do. I'd probably give that a good 15 out of 20. The costuming and props, uh, solid all throughout. There's plenty of guns. There's a really nice uh, kind of railgun scene. It's not really a railgun. It's just a, um, a, a really heavy machine gun uh, that's uh, van mounted. That was pretty slick. Uh, but the weapons are solid, you know, sniper rifles, machine guns, standard um, costuming affair, uh, you know, some um, Russian attire it, it nothing that was too difficult to do but also nothing that really stood out i mean there's some silliness at the very end of the film with some costuming that they got for john malkovich but that's about it um so i got to give that an eight out there's really nothing to mention it, it was it was okay eight out of ten on that uh locations they hopped around a bit uh the locations were pretty good um again nothing that really was amazing you got a uh a, a far shot of the Kremlin at one point. You got um, the inside of a Papa John's bathroom. Uh, you know, some some safe houses uh, like a Home Depot or something. No, Costco. It's Costco at the beginning of the film. Again, I mean, solid enough, I guess. Nothing that made me go, ooh. Um, but at the same time, nothing that was just out of place or wrong. So, I mean that's harder to do in a film than a lot of people realize, I think, to be able to have something just be solid with no major screw-ups all the way through. Um, so, um, yeah, I got to say that's pretty good all in all. We'll give that an 8 out of 10. Now, cinematography, there's not a lot you have to do with cinematography in a film like this. There's not a lot of big CGI that you have to worry about, kind of standard dialogues, the action. you got to follow the people around, have some explosions, keep it simple. They did, for the most part. Uh, I, I think it was uh, nothing to write home about, but again, for the most part, no major mistakes. Though they did make one error, I think, in judgment. Uh, the big problem I have with the cinematography in this particular uh, situation is they had this stylized entrance to the movie that was kind of an, uh, taking the individuals in an animated uh, overlay um, in still frames that was supposed to be very stylized, and it just came across as flat. I don't think it looked very good. Um, and they did that kind of cut scene between a lot of the scenes in the film. They brought it back. It was kind of a repeat. Now, I will give props. Continuity is a great thing. If you're going to start with one style, maintain that style. Great. 
But if it didn't work in the beginning, it sure didn't work in the middle of the film, and it was distracting, and I, I, I didn't think it did very good. It just made made them look kind of ugly. Um, so I, I thought that was kind of a, a bit of a drawback. Uh, that that would give it probably a 13 out of 20 on the cinematography. Now, the plot is maybe the weakness of the film. This should not be surprising. Um, Red 2 is an action film, a la 1980s kind of feel, commando-level action film. Don't try and think too much about it. There's not really any character development at all. You get... Uh, you get uh, Frank's character is the same at the beginning of the film to the end of the film. He makes no real growth. The closest you get is he kind of accepts, he understands that um, he understands that Sarah wants something different than he thought, and he's willing to accept it. That is the character growth you get for Frank. Sarah, on the other hand, doesn't really have character growth. She's very clearly wanting something different. She still wants something different by the end of the film. I guess maybe you could say she got a little better at doing what she needed to do to 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 be with Frank in the way that she needed to, but that's not really character growth. That's just skill set growth. Um, Marvin is Marvin throughout the film. He gives advice. He blows up things. That's about it. Victoria is Victoria throughout the film. No real changes. Uh Bailey has no real changes. Uh, the the surprise villain is not really a surprise. I mean, you brought in Anthony Hopkins. It was either going to be him or Catherine Zeta-Jones, and it was pretty clear it was not going to be Catherine Zeta-Jones uh, pretty much after just a few minutes of her being on screen because you were cramming it down the audience's throat that this is the bad guy. No, it's not. Pretty clearly it's not because the type of film it is requires some sort of a little surprise. And I didn't see any other possible surprises coming, so it had to be him. Um, so not real not real surprising there. And, and some people say, well, the, uh, the Jack Horton character is obviously the bad guy. Yeah, but he's the flunky. And it's pretty clear that he's the flunky from the beginning of the film. He's taking orders from other people. So there's somebody else that's involved, and it's not that bureaucrat that they show. And it's pretty clear this is not the bureaucrat if you're just paying attention. So, I mean, it it's not a real surprise in that. Not that that's a bad thing. Like I said, popcorn movie. Not really intended to be uh, mind-blowing in any sense of the word. But at the same time, they the, the dialogue is kind of tired. Um the biggest drawback that I saw in the writing in the first film, Mary Louise Parker and Bruce Willis didn't have what I would call the best chemistry, but there was some there. There was some writing that lent to it. I have a feeling that, that it, it may be difficult to get somebody to have real chemistry with Bruce Willis because he's, he's very iconic. I, I, I think he has a very specific style, and I don't think it lends real well to uh, a romantic uh, second character linked to him. Even in like the Die Hard films, yeah, he had the he had a wife, sure, but they were never really together. He was trying to save her. The focus was on him. A lot of the films are like that. You don't really get that secondary romantic. Now, some people will point back to television. I mean, he had a long-running uh, PI style show. 
uh, where he was real popular. And there was kind of this uh, on again, off again, will they, won't they sort of thing. But that's television. You've got many, many episodes to develop that. In a movie, you really don't get that with Bruce Willis. And I think, I don't know where the problem lies, but I don't think it came through great in the first film, but it came through enough to make it work. In the second film, I don't think it came through at all. I don't think there was any chemistry between them. It was just, it was flat. It was almost painful to watch. Um, they tried really hard. I don't, I don't think I can fault, uh, I, I can't fault anybody without knowing more of why I reacted the way that I did. Cause it's possible. It's just an interpretation for me, but just I, when I watched this, like I, there's no way these two people would ever be together. It just didn't feel natural when they looked at each other. I almost saw agitation. It, it was, it was really weird. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but, um, so yeah, that kind of dragged me out of it a little bit. Oh, and I know I already passed this by in costuming and props, but, uh, Catherine Zeta Jones's makeup was awful. It was just terrible. Um, she looked like, uh, um, a, a bad Maybelline ad, Maybe, I guess, is the best way I can put it. It was just too much and in the wrong shade and coupled with a bad haircut or wig. It was just, eh, no, it, it didn't work very well. Um, it, yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, it's hard to make somebody as stunning as Catherine Zeta-Jones look more plain. And, man, they, they succeeded. I don't know how you do that. Um but anyway, back to the plot and the writing. Other than that, it's a very basic plot. Not too terribly surprising. Nothing that uh, was amazing and the dialogue was mediocre with no character growth. So that to me, for the type of film it is, makes it about a 12 out of 20. Add that all together, that gives you a running total of 70 out of 100. That puts it in a, a solid C- category, which for the type of film it is, is about right. I mean, it's worth a watch, probably not worth a rewatch, maybe, maybe one at some point down the road, but eh, it, I saw it and that's all I need to see. But what do you think? Let us know on social media. Let us know on our forums on the website. We would love to get your opinion on, on this film or any of the others that we've reviewed. Until next time, stay safe, watch some movies, and 